1 Kings chapter 18, we're going to read a short passage from that uh, second part of the chapter, uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 16 through to verse 24. 1 Kings eighteen sixteen to 24. So, so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, Is that you, you traveler of Israel? I have not made the trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals, Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. May the Lord then add the blessing of uh, his spirit onto the reading and also the preaching of his word. Israel was God's beloved people. The people he elected above all to be his possession. He loved them, cared for them, and protected them from their enemy. But they kept turning from God in their their sinful stubbornness. God would punish them over and over again, but they would just keep doing their own thing, following their own heads and worshipping other gods. Then God would send them enemies or drought or earthquakes or pestilence or diseases. This was the situation in the time of Elijah. Ahab and his godless wife Jezebel murdered God's prophets and the people were trapped into worshipping Baal, and his wife. And then God sent Elijah to tell Ahab that God listened to the prayer of Elijah by withholding the rain for three years. It would become a bitter drought and accusations were made left, right and center. Who or what was the reason for this drought? Is there someone to blame or is there something to blame? During the mid-80s in South Africa, we had soldiers and terrorists. There there was a bit of struggle between the defense forces and the terrorists. Soldiers died in this war, and for them, monuments were erected, and on a regular basis every year, Thanksgiving services were held in their memory. The political process had its way and suddenly terrorists became freedom fighters 
and soldiers oppressors. After the change of government, the freedom fighters became the security forces and the old soldiers found themselves on the wrong side of the law. The monuments were torn down and new ones were built. And now there are different days of thanksgiving. It all depends on where and which side you find yourself. The question is, who is the troublemaker? Ahab searched for Elijah in all countries, but God protected him and kept him out of harm's way. Ahab blamed Elijah for the predicament. If only I could get my hands on Elijah and get him out of the way, the drought will be over. He is the troublemaker. He is the stirrer. There's another story in the Bible, a very interesting one. Dinah, the daughter of Jacob and sister of Simeon and Levi, were defiled by Shechem, the Canaanite. He wanted to marry Dinah, but the, bra- the brothers came uh, with a plan to punish him for what he had done to their sister. So they devised this plan to have all the Shechemites circumcised as a smokescreen to carry out their murderous plan. The Shechemites agreed to be circumcised and while still in pain, Simeon and Levi attacked and killed all the males and carried all their possessions away as loot. And then Jacob said this, You have brought trouble on me by making me a stench to the Canaanites and the parasites, the people living in this land. We are few in number and if they join forces against me and attack me, and I and my household will be completely destroyed. The murderous actions of Simeon and Levi made Jacob hateful to the Canaanites. Simeon and Levi brought trouble. Their actions had a negative effect on all the others. And that's the key meaning of Jacob's words there. He has become the troublemaker because of them. One person or a group of people can do wrong, the wrong thing which has a very bad effect on others, like Achan. And you know how he took the, uh, the gold and he buried that under his, uh, in his tent. And the whole of Israel was punished as they lost the battle against the people of Ai. It all depends on which side you are. I don't want to draw direct lines because that is a very dangerous thing to do. But I think that if we have it for years and years and years in a row, we have to think about the worst drought in history we are having. But it's not only the physical drought, there's also the spiritual drought. We are in trouble and some of someone or some people caused it, so we think. But who? We have to live with rumors of terrorism on our doorstep and hundreds of our men are fighting terrorism in other countries to keep them away from our borders. Why is this? Who is to blame? Now let's look for someone. It might be the government. Well, of course, the government is the cause of many other things happening in our, in our world. We could say they should not have allowed us to get involved in, in, in wars in the Middle East. 
but we still wonder where the drought's coming from. Well, there is this thing of carbon emission that can be blamed for climate change and global warming. So maybe the government can do something about that. They can even tax us to death. And, and on top of that, the government should have done something about our water situation. Why taking water out of our, of our river for the big cities? And, you know, the government is, is the problem here. Or are they? Who is to blame? What about the godlessness as we as citizens are so addicted to? Gambling has become a national sport with billions of dollars per year being spent. And I am absolutely amazed that we actually have in each state of our commonwealth a minister for gambling. And gambling is not something that happens out there. It happens and it's become something that is some people within the church actually just do for the fun of it. Whether you do it because you're addicted to it or whether you do it because you think it's fun, keep in mind you do it. Alcohol abuse has become a right of every, living, every sitting living in this progressive society. There is no respect for marriage, for family, or any decent values as we got trapped into humanistic thinking and postmodernistic thought. We live it in, as someone just last week wrote in a newspaper, we live in the stuffed age. We're not having respect for the authority has now almost become a virtue. We look on while hundreds and thousands of unborn babies are killed every year and we just gave it a, a mere, an acceptable name. We don't call it killing, we call it, we, we just exercise your choice. Moral decay only gets a shoulder shrug from many churchgoers and we do nothing in the name of God to, step, to, to stem the time. Why? We don't want to be troublemakers, you see. We don't want the labels. Rusus Rashduni said, History has never been dominated by majorities, but only, be ded uh, only by dedicated minorities who stand unconditionally on their faith. You see, it's not the majority of people who actually determine what happens in a society. It is a minority of people who are committed and not given an inch. Someone else said, battles are not lost because evil men get their way, but only because good men do nothing. We have become an apathetic society and we don't want to become troublemakers.
Well, Elijah was not such a man. He was willing for the glory of God and for the, for, for the peace of the people in their relationship with God to become and be labeled a troublemaker. The irony, of course, is that by doing nothing, we actually contribute to trouble. The lack of moral discretion today becomes a cesspool of decay tomorrow. And I am, I am in I'm an, an agony in my soul about what's going to happen in the next generation. If the Lord will allow us another generation, I don't know. Where are we going? Do we still know what it means to be a church of the Lord Jesus Christ? Or have we gone along in this, in this flow and we just don't want to disturb things? Why do we allow only people with very extreme ideas and usually those ideas would oppose the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ to become known as those who stand for what they believe in. But Christians don't stand for what they believe in. We've become weak. So who is the troublemaker? When Elijah said to, when Ahab said to Elijah, you are the troublemaker, Elijah turned it back on Ahab and he said, you are. I am not the troublemaker. You've abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. Removing Elijah from the scene is not going to let the problem disappear. It is only going to get worse. You see, the drought is not the problem. It is a symptom of the problem. The problem lies deeper. The stuff of generation is not the problem. The problem lies deeper. That is only the symptom of the problem. Voting in different governments in and out, having the environmentalists getting their stronger foothold in the minds and the actions of the people and our children through their persistent bidding for the souls of men is not going to let the problem disappear. It is only going to aggravate the problem. We need to get down to the bottom of it all. And those who turn away from the ways of God to worship nature, as we see it in the Bible, we read about them, it, fit, it fits that description very clearly. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever to be praised. Those who would glorify nature and try to fix nature with itself, and trying to satisfy Mother Earth. I can't, I can't think that as modern people, people who think that we've gone into this, this, this uh, uh, idol worship again. You pull out a tree, you upset Mother Earth, and she's going to come back on you. I just don't know how, how, how these people would... would um, try to justify or try to explain a, a flood or, or, or a cyclone. Yes, Mother Earth turned against herself. Has she got a bit confused there for a while? 
I'd rather ascribe that to God. Environmentalist with, with its glorification of nature and man leads to all sorts of evil. It is a turning away from God and the so-called in, in, inherent good of man. Paul in Romans chapter 1 lists what follows. So because of this, God gave them over to sin, to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations with unnatural ones. And in the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. So by the way, I'm not reading out of the newspaper now. I'm reading from the Bible. Further, further, furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, He, God, gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They've become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They, are, they invent ways of doing evil and they disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. That's the society we live in. The problem is the stubborn mule. We just got no other way but its own. He gets flocked and beaten, and yet he thinks his ways is the best. The trouble is that trouble sinful man evokes upon himself when he turns away from God, God's wrath. The trouble is when we glorify our sinful minds to the point where we become our own benchmark of what is good and bad, then we find ourselves in deep trouble. The trouble is sin. Full stop. The trouble is not all the other things that we see around us. The trouble is our turning away in our stubborn hearts from God and we try to fix up what we mess up more than we fix up. Deep down we are both the trouble and the troublemaker. We are the stubborn mule. We are the donkey and the ox of Isaiah chapter 1. The ox knows his master. The donkey his own manger. But Israel... Do not know, my people do not understand. Will eco-friendly houses and lifestyles without carbon emissions have the problem disappear? Will governments with greenhouse emission policies have the problem disappear? No. What will? Listen, that is the word. That's what Elijah said. You've abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the bowels. That is your problem. Therefore, summon the people from all over, over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah. I find it interesting that Ahab said, yes, okay, we'll do that. He probably thought, well, I've got the majority there. I, I've got all these prophets in, 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 of, the, of Baal. And, and, well, they'll show Elijah a thing or two. 
And then there on Carmel, the people had to make a choice. How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is Lord, follow him. But if God, uh, if Baal is God, follow him. So that's the choice we find ourselves in today. That's where our problem lies. Who do we follow? Which side are you on? Did Baal give his son to be a ransom for the souls of men? Was he ever concerned about what separated men from God? Is there anything this world can offer that reconciles us to God? Can sport do anything about your soul? Can success or money or progress or popularity name anything? There's none. That's where we should find ourselves as a people today. We should make it out for ourselves. Where do you stand? I'm not saying, and I'm not trying, trying to draw the lines here and say, well, if you, if you find yourself today on the wrong side and you know that and you come to the Lord, tomorrow the rain is going to start. I, I'm not saying that. And that's not what the Bible wants us to understand. But what the Bible wants us to understand is you better be on the right side. You don't want to be found on the wrong side when Jesus comes. What the Bible wants us to do is to stand before the challenge and say like an Elijah, come what may, even in the face of 850 Baal priests, I'll be there. And I'll challenge the people. And then, if God so wills, he might restore not even not only our souls and our relationship with him but he might restore our land but first of all he has to restore his church and that restoration process my dear brother and sister begins with me and begins with you Are you going to put your hand up to say, okay, I'll become a troublemaker. Someone said, and that is true, I think J.C. Ryle said that, how many people who came back from the war who could look into the barrel of a gun and was willing to give their lives came back from war But when they, as persons, were rejected and stood before people, they caved in. Many things we can suffer, many things we can take, but one thing we probably can't take, and that is that people reject us. Well, if you are on the Lord's side, 
You must say, I'm willing to take it, even if people reject me. Even they think I'm a bit sort of off the planet. Even if they think that I've lost my mind, like they thought of Elijah. Even if they think that, well, he's just on a sort of a, a trip somewhere. You want to make a stand for the Lord, take the consequences. But please, let us start do something. So, I suppose, I suppose if we recruit people for, if God recruits people for his church and we are doing evangelism as, uh, as Jared talked about, what we're looking for is a bunch of troublemakers. Does it fit the bill? Does it fit your mind of being a Christian? I don't think so. We should love the world, of course. We should love the world and the people around us, and we should pray for them like never before. But point is, if we love the Lord, we would love Him above all things and seek His will and His glory. May God give us that wisdom. Next week, Lord willing, we'll continue with that challenge of God's people to follow the Lord and Elijah's prayer. Let us pray. Our Father, we pray that we will understand that you want us to be in your army. You want us to enlist for war. You don't want us to be members of the church to have a good time. You want us to be your people because you want us to stand up for your glory and fight and battle sin in all its forms in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for those, the examples in the, in the history of the church who did just that and they caused the course of history to change. We think of a Martin Luther. We think of all the other reformers. And we think of those who were willing to give their lives at the stake to be in prison for years, to be tortured, to be martyred just because they believed and did not waver in their minds about who was God. Give us that strength, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.